right. That was awesome. That first song that he sang, that lyrics that said, I stepped out of that grave, if that's you tonight, if God has delivered you from your trespass, your sin, and your addiction, give him a, give him a hand. I was standing over there just looking around at all the hands raised, and I was just like in awe, absolute, just in awe of what God is doing. Uh, one of the most private moments of my entire life, and I'll see if I could even say this uh, without and keep my composure. Um, most of you know I've talked to my, my dad before. He's the most evil human being that I've ever met in my entire life. He was a man that I was sure that would burn in hell for all eternity. He, uh, I, I even thought they had a special hell just for him because regular hell wasn't good enough or bad enough or, or wasn't going to cause him enough suffering for my satisfaction. But I happened to be at church service shortly before his death where he accepted Christ. And uh, I got the opportunity to walk forward with him and share that, share that moment with him. A short time later, he died. Um, and uh, my dad had this big tattoo of Satan on his bicep. Um, from the time I was a little kid, even as an adult, it scared the hell out of me. It did. It just, it just something about that tattoo just, always it just scared me. And uh, so when, when he died, we went to the funeral home, uh, traveled there that morning. And uh, me being in the medical field for all the years I was in, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing surprised me. You know, we, you know, we said we wanted to see his body. So, you know, no frills, you know. They just wheeled out the gurney and pulled the garbage bag off of his head, down around his shoulders. And, uh, you know, it was the no frills body viewing. And so I asked Michelle and everybody to step out of the room because I wanted a moment. And I looked at that, that tattoo on his bicep, and I pointed at it, and I said, you did not win. And that's what I was reminded of when I looked around the room and saw the victory here tonight. Amen? All right. So we are continuing in Romans. This is God's Standards Part 2. Romans, uh, I'm going to actually highlight a couple of things last week. That we're, we're, now, remember the person that we're talking about. We're kind of talking about that staunch religious person, you know, that follows all the rules. You know, he's going to earn his way to heaven. It's the sin sniffer, the one that so easily points out your fault, what's wrong with you, watches everything you, you do, and so quickly points it out. We all know one of those people, Right? Right? Too bad, because they're missing the point of God's grace, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, and the entire New Testament, amen? You know, they're still living under the old law, you know, where I got to be perfect, I got to live perfect. So that's kind of the person that Paul's talking about, and I'm going to read just a couple of verses from last week's passage. It says, do you suppose, O oh man, that you judge and those who practice such things, yet you do them, yourself will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance because of your hard, impertinent heart, and you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day, uh, the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed? 
you know, for sure, when I read this, I thought, like, wrath was going to, like I just talked about my dad, I thought the wrath was going to come down upon him. I never thought in my wildest imagination that he would stand up and go forward in a church service. Um, I was really convinced at times that he was the Antichrist because he was the most evil, cruel person I had ever known in my life. Um, so when I read this and we go on to read the next section of text, and I'll get to that in a moment, what I say to you guys all the time is you have to pick a side. We have to make a decision. I'm going to read Psalm 1 in a moment, but I want to kind of do an exercise. I have a coin here in my hand. There is a heads and a tails. Who's ever done a coin flip? Right? So when you flip a coin, what decides the way the, way the coin lands? It's chance, right? We can't say it's God's divine intervention. It's simply chance. So I'm going to flip this coin. I don't know what it's going to land on, but by chance it landed on either heads or tails. What I'm going to ask you guys or tell you guys or exhort you guys to do, don't let the decision that you make happen by chance. You need to choose to follow Jesus. There's that old song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus, and it goes on to say, no turning back, no turning back. That means I'm not going to second-guess my decision. I'm going to continue to move forward. And if you are free tonight from drugs and alcohol or whatever life-dominating sin plagued you, don't look back. Don't turn back. Keep moving your behind forward. Amen? Amen. You know? I wanna, I'm going to read Psalm 1 real quick, and then I'm going to get into our text. I just Psalm 1, to me, just spells it out. It's heads or tails. There is no... There is not a third option in here as we read this. There are two options. And there are only two options for a reason because there is no third choice. God didn't give us. You're either going to do what you were doing, you're going to live the life that you were living, or you're going to choose to live a different life and follow Christ. Amen? The way of the righteous and the wicked. So those are your two choices. Most of us came from the life of being wicked. Amen? doing stupid stuff, pleasing ourselves, doing what we felt was right. You know, do what feels good. You know, please yourself. Uh, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. Now, I want to take you back through these, these three little sections with the choices on it says he walks not in the council, right? He doesn't hang out in those areas. When we look at the story of Lot, okay, when Lot and Abraham split up, Lot chose a direction, and we know that Lot was found hanging out in the outer gates of Sodom, right? Just hanging out. How many of us can say that when we make a choice to do something different, we are kind of tempted at some point in time just to go back to where we were and just kind of hang out, right? I'm just going to drive by Chinatown. I'm just going to drive past the transit. And if I see somebody, I know I'll wave, right? So you don't find me 
standing with the people in Chinatown. I pray for them. I will go do anything there I can for them. But that is not where I spend my time hanging out, okay? Nor am I going to get comfortable enough to, to sit with them or to walk with them. Because I know that my walk and my time and the person I'm going to hang out with is Christ. I'm gonna, this is the group of people our Sunday or Monday. You are the people that I'm going to walk with and sit with and hang out with. Not the wicked, okay? I'm certainly open as a pastor to, to go visit somebody, to pray with somebody, to give somebody a ride out of there, to bring them food, to bring them clothing. I've done all those things over the years. But you're not going to find me just hanging out there, right? Because I know me, right? I know me. That is not a place I need to be, right? It's not a place I need to hang out. I know too many people there. Right? And it would be just like not one of those places that I want to be. So I'm, I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor am I going to stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Right? But his, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in season. This leaf does not wither, and all that he does prospers. Now, am I talking about the wicked person or the righteous person? I'm talking about the righteous person. You just kind of get into this thing where, like, things are just good. You know, I got gas money. Right? Seriously? I could, I could put gas in my car. I could actually stop and buy something at Burger King. You know? If I get a flat tire... I could go get it fixed, right? I don't have to borrow money to do anything. I can, I can renew my driver's license. I could actually pay for my auto insurance. Wow. I must be blessed, right? Because I've changed the direction of what I was doing. I've changed my destiny. I'm walking with Christ. I'm starting to bear fruit in my life. And it's like, Wow. I got a paycheck. I get to pay taxes, right? Remember that, Nate? Mr. Casey, I get to pay taxes. How, who's excited about paying taxes besides a person that's never worked an honest day in their life and got their first paycheck? It's like, didn't even know what a W-2 was. Like, what is that? It's something that tells you how much money you either owe or get back. But it was so awesome watching that the joy of just a different lived life, right? Planted by a stream of waters that yields fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. Amen to that, right? All he does prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous, but the Lord knows um, knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. So just like that coin I flipped, I made a conscious choice to be on this side and no longer on that side, all right? But once you make that choice, it's not, it's not easy. It's not autopilot. You don't just put it on cruise control and, and just monitor it. You got you to work for it. Recovery is hard. Changed life is hard. Staying sober is hard. Not going back to your old ways is hard, 
right? Going out and getting a job and working and being responsible, if you're not used to it, is hard. Amen? But God will bless you when you do. Then you're like, this is cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of normal. I got money. I got it. It's Friday night. And I got $500 in my pocket. And I'm going to wake up Monday morning, and guess what? With $500 in my pocket, right? Unless I take my wife out to dinner. Of course, we don't do cash anymore. It all goes in the bank, right? Amen to that. But the thought of that changed life is what is such a blessing and is absolutely so awesome that we get the ability to do that. Amen? So we are in verse 6, and it says, He will render to each one according to his works. Now, we know that we don't earn our way into heaven, or we don't earn our salvation by our works. But I will tell you, if you are truly saved, you want to work. You want to help people. You want to do things, you know. When, and I'm not trying to embarrass Dorothy. When Dorothy showed up here, she's like, I want to serve. We have like nine people serving in the children's industry. We have like eight coffee cart volunteers. We got like, we got tea. We got honey sticks. We got a, an R that lights up for regen. I mean, come on. Seriously? But what I'm saying is that changed heart and that changed life, it provokes you. To, to serve. So I'm not saying that, that, that serving is your way to heaven, but what I'm saying is if you're truly a saved individual, you're like, you want to serve God. You want to help others. You're like, what can I do? Use me, you know? It says faith without works is dead because if you truly are saying that you have faith and you are not provoked to do God's work, you, you have a dead faith. You better examine what's going on. Like, what's going on? I believe in God. I read my Bible, but I don't want to help anybody. Something's wrong in Dodge, guys. Right? If you have a true faith and understanding of who Jesus Christ is, you want to do something. You want to help. You're like, I want to buy this guy lunch, right? I feel like I should stop and talk to that person. She looks like she's having a hard time. You know, what can I, what, God, what can I do? Send me. Use me. That's what really happens. But each, he renders each one according to his works to those who, by patience and doing well, seek the glory and honor for immortality are given eternal life. That's what it's about. We believe in God. We serve God. And our reward is what? What did it say? Who doesn't want to live forever, right? I watch all these commercials there. I mean cold cream and this cream and this anti eight you know, I mean, Michelle and I watch Shark Tank all the time, and they're always coming up with these things and to make you look younger, to make you feel younger, to make you stronger. Everybody wants to kind of go backwards. Nobody wants to face the end of time and die. But one beautiful thing about a believer, and that's why when I do a wedding for a believer, I just got asked to do one today at the end of July for a believer. It's like, I know... His gift is eternal life, right? I, I know that. And I know he was a, an avid fisherman. I guarantee you, anybody, everybody that gets up in his family, he's gonna, they're going to talk about, I, I already know it, that he's up there fishing in heaven. You know, I don't know if there are lakes in heaven. I, I hope there's tons of food in heaven. I say that all the time. Um, 
I got lots of ideas what kind of places, like, you know, you got to have a good taqueria. you got to have some good Korean food, right? You know, you got to have a Chinese buffet, right? you got to, I mean, I, I don't know. But I know that by having faith in Jesus Christ, that my, my reward is going to be that I'm going to spend eternity with him. Amen. It says, verse 8, but those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Does that, that doesn't even sound good, does it? Right? Does it sound good? Anybody? Wrath and fury? I like things that sound, sound good. When I watch diners, drive-ins, and dives, you know, Michelle and I used to, like, try to go to a lot of those places and eat. The, we loved it. We loved it. When, when Guy Fieri goes to a restaurant, the, the owner of the restaurant knows that Guy is coming, and he knows that this is his or her opportunity to show off their best recipe, and if they do a good job and Guy eats it, he goes, man, this is awesome. This is like one of the best I've ever had. That person knows that their business will grow tenfold. They will have to either move to a bigger location or hire multiple staff or open another. It's, it's been proven time after time after time. But they don't, they don't get there and, and go, oh, yeah, this food is horrible. You know, the owner doesn't put his worst, worst foot forward, does he? I'm going to make the crappiest dish I've ever made for you, guy. Right? Why? Because that's not what he's going for. He's going for the prize. He's not going for the failure. Right? Many of us as believers, we, we, we work and we serve a lifetime following and serving Christ. And... Uh, our reward is awesome. It's eternity with God, you know? And God wants everybody to go there, you know? And it's like if we look at the story of, of, the, of the, the, the crucifixion, right? And I've said this before, and, and I know this kind of irks people, right? I had a conversation with a, a, a gentleman a while back. It was kind of like, well, that kind of really irks me, you know? You know, I've been a believer for like for 69 years. You know, I've served God every day. I've prayed on my knees. And, you know, I've given all I had to the poor. And, you know, and then we have the situation on the cross where we know one guy is not doing so well. And the other guy gets the word. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I, I don't know. I think that's probably the, the shortest time of Christianity, Right? It's like, dang, dude, you didn't believe or nothing, and, like, you met Jesus, and, like, five seconds later, you're going to heaven, you know? And the guy that's been a Christian serving as missionary, it's like, man, how is that fair? You know, God doesn't say that life is fair, right? All we know that is that he is righteous, amen? Verse 9, it says, there will be tribulation and distress for every human being that does evil. And we can look at our previous lives and we can say, the crap I was doing, I was getting what I deserved, right? When I got arrested, I didn't have to say, why did I get arrested, right? It wasn't a surprise to me. In fact, mine was so stupid, it's ridiculous. The cop called my house three days before. He said, we're following you. We're following you. We know where you're going. Stay out of Salinas or we will arrest you. So when I walked out of that house to guns drawn and raised my hands, I didn't think to myself, well, how did they find me? 
right? How did this happen? It was like the stupidest thing. I felt like a fool. Why didn't I just listen? See what I'm saying? So we know that we did. We, we earned that, right? So why, why don't we take this as a lesson learned? Why don't we say, I don't want to go back there. I so like where I'm at. I like being able to put gas in my car. I love being able to buy somebody lunch. You know what I mean? Um, I love going. I mean, I have like three lunches and a breakfast this week, and I, I love it. You know, I get to go do those things. Before, I, I would hide from people in shame, right? I didn't want people to see me because I was so embarrassed about who I was. But now, I, I think things are kind of cool. I get to enjoy, you know, Tommy and I always, we, we share an office, and we always like, this is, is this, this is work? We're serving God, and, is, is, and this is like a job, you know? It's like you guys, you play music. It's something you love, something that worships and honors God. And it's like, and I, I get paid for this? This is crazy, you know? When they hired me at the church, I, was, I started just laughing and Pastor Roger said, what is so funny? And I said, I can't believe you guys are going to pay me for something I would do for the rest of my life for free. The joke is on you. <laughs> and uh, then he read me the scripture that a workman, workman is worthy of his wage. And then, you know, and then, you know, it didn't take a ton of convincing, but then I agreed to take money. Um, but, but if you think about it from my point, my wife went here and became a believer my ex-wife came here and was a believer. Her husband came here and became a believer. All four of our children came here and became believers. I came here, and, and this is the God's truth, God's honest truth. I came here with Michelle because I wanted to know where the safe was. I'm serious. And, I, and I've been very open about it. I wanted to rob the church. You know, I wanted to conk somebody over the head and grab the bags. You know, because I, I, mean, I, didn't, I, I didn't want the checks because I can cash them, but I wanted the cash. So it blows me away that the very same church that I wanted to rob that I serve at on the pastoral staff. You know, but that's what God can do, right? If you just simply say, okay, you know, I want to I wanna follow you. I want to serve you. I don't want to be this joker that is just going around pointing out the faults in everybody else that's not being really honest about who he is. Um, I try to be as honest and open as in all areas of my life when I'm up here talking. Because I, and I say this all the time, and I, and, I, and I almost hesitate to say this, I say this all the time, I've been running the bridge for 17 years, and none of the guys, we have not yet had a guy that even comes to close to how bad I was when I was in a program, right? So you can't be saying, well, I'm still not as bad as you. Don't use that as an excuse. But I, I'm just saying I was that bad. They're like, none of, you, none of you guys even come close to how bad I was. I mean, I snuck out three times on the first day, smoking in the house. I mean, like, just, I was just terrible. So don't you, no, 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 you know, no, no, no. But... I flipped, I, I did not flip a coin. I made a decision that I was going to follow Christ and do whatever he asked me to, no matter what, period. That's it. If he restores some of my life, great. You know, Pastor, Pastor Steve, one of the pastors here, the guy that I was going to rob, 
you know, after having a stroke and being told that I would never walk again, sat on the edge of my bed and opened Joel 2.25 and said, the Lord will restore the years the locusts have eaten. And I'm like, get out of here, you foolish old man. What the heck does that even mean? You know, I didn't know what it meant. Would it restore what? How about your life? And as that came to fruition, that is now, that's the scripture that we use. That's our scripture for the bridge. Because I see it happen over, I saw it tonight when you were all raising your hands. I saw the restoration and the victory of people kneeling here. If your friends in Chinatown or the bar you used to hang out can only see you now, right? What an honor that would be. All right, so let me read verse 8. But those who are self-seeking do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. There will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human who does evil. Jews first, also the Greek, but the glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. The Jew first and also the Greek. Because we know that the gospel was for who first? For the Jew. You know, Jesus is a Jew. You know, he came to set his people free, to save his people. But we know that they rejected him as the Messiah. We know that they rejected him because they're like, oh, no, no. Our king isn't going to come and be born to a virgin in a manger. Come on. Right? But we who have had little in our lives and who have suffered much devastation, even if it's at our own hand, we welcome that figure because he's one of us. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to help the rich and the famous and the people who, all got it all, who have it all. He came to help the worst of the worst. He came to help those that are stubborn, who don't listen, who don't pay attention, who have been to jail, who have, who have murdered, who have stolen, who have lied, who have cheated. That's his people, Right? And the Jews were like, no, 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 that's not our Savior. Our Savior is going to come down in a chariot, in a cloud, you know, all cool, you know, like some kind of rap star, you know. <laughs> but that's what they expected. But the fact that he came down and lived the life that he lived, the humble life that he had, that attracted me personally to him. To look at the lineage of him, who, how many of us have some real gnarly people in, in our family line, right? When you look at Jesus and you're like, David? You know, David, David did some pretty gnarly stuff. He murdered. He committed adultery. He wasn't doing the things he was supposed to do. But what, 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 what does it say about David? A David, a man after God's own heart. The fact that he came from a gnarly family gave me, looking at my family, well, if Jesus came from a gnarly family like my family, then maybe, maybe there's hope for me. Amen? That's my God, right? That he's one of us. He's there rolling around in the mud and the blood and the beer, right? Amen? Isn't that what it's about? He's not sitting up there on a, a mighty throne, you know, you know, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. He sent his son to live and to walk among us. Who does that? God does that. 
That's it, period. It's pretty simple. So my, to kind of wrap this all up tonight is like, don't give your life up to chance. It's not a coin toss. It's a decision. It's a choice. If we look at John 10.10, right? John 10.10 reminds me of the coin. Why? The thief, the devil came to do what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. So what side do you want? Do you want the abundant life or do you want the still kill and destroy? Right? I, I, me, I want the abundant life, you know? Right? I, I want more, right? I want, I mean, that's who we are. We want more, right? We go to in and out we want the double-double, right? The animal fries, you know, the, the Neapolitan milkshake. You know, we, we want the best. We want it all. Right? And that's the bottom line. So don't, do not leave your life to chance. Right? Intentionally make a decision what you're going to do. And remember the song, no turning back. Don't turn back, don't look back. I mean, the perfect example of that, and I love the story, is when Lot was fleeing with his family. They were told what? Don't turn back. Okay, but if you look at the really what was going on there, it, did, it wasn't that, that Lot's wife turned back and saw some horrible, evil thing that God didn't want her to see, so she was turned into a pillar of salt. She was turned into a pillar of salt because she was looking back because she really didn't want to leave that life. She wasn't willing to let that life go and move forward. There was something in that life that still had her attention, that still attracted her. So that's why I say to you guys, when you make that decision, don't turn back, don't look back, forget about what's back there. Forget about it, right? Look what's forward and move forward and move ahead and live a fruitful life. Be the man that is blessed. You know, you don't want to be blowing like chaff in the wind. You want to be like that tree that's planted by a stream, okay? And what that, what that picture means is the, the roots are, are, are watered. And we also know in Scripture, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about the water of the word. Like you're supposed to wash your wife. Husbands, wash your wife in the water of the word. So bathe her in the word, read to her, you know, share scripture with her because it's nourishing, it, it's helpful, it's what it's all about. So before I ask the worship team to come back, I'm going to have Judy and Joseph come on up here. Come on. So... This is a really cool story. Judy came to us at the bridge from Chomp. How many years ago, Judy? Five, Five years ago. Right? And, and one of the really cool parts of the story is that she, when she came into the bridge, her, her enemy, her mortal enemy was Ashley. They were, bam, rock 'em sock 'em robots 24-7. We were talking to them all the time, man. God, just knock it off. But they came up to here together and knelt at the altar and prayed together, right? 
So why am I having these folks up here? I'm having these folks up here because, um, because I love them, right? But Judy, the, one of the most beautiful parts of the story is, 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 is Judy, their two kids couldn't be with them today. They're in, one's at Bible camp. She, okay, there she is. But she got to go home. Her graduation day was Christmas. That was her graduation day. So we let her go home on Christmas Eve, her birthday, and I said, what a beautiful gift to your family that you get to symbolically open this gift and you get your mom back, you know? That was so cool. Hasn't been easy, right? You know, things are tough, right? But they are going to be moving out of the state, and uh, I just wanted to bring them up here. And, uh, and then a minimum, because I just wanted, I wanted to talk about him. I, I love Judy. Uh, she calls me Uncle Mike. She always has since day one. Uncle Mike. I don't know where it came from, but I'm Uncle Mike. Yeah, yeah. Your kids call me Uncle Mike. Uh, but they have been a part of our lives. They're a part of the Bridge family life. And, and I just wanted to, to bring them up here so you guys could put a name with a face and to continue to pray for them as they move from the area, that God would bless them, their family. And uh, it's going to be it's gonna be tough, but I, I know she'll be hitting me up on Facebook all the time anyway, which is cool. Um, but we get to send them off to start their new life because, because she didn't leave her life to chance. She decided when she came in that she was going to follow Christ, no matter how difficult it was, no matter how many arguments we had to have or how many disciplinary actions there were or whatever. She was like, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to do what's right because I want to be back with my family. And she did that, and it wasn't by chance. It wasn't, by, it wasn't serendipity or karma. It was Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's tell it like it is. Amen. 